Hello, everybody. Let's uh, welcome. Well, welcome you first, I guess, to completely off topic and straight to the point, which is also backwards, but I don't need to get titles right. You, you, you know who I am by now and you know how I work. But today I have somebody that works differently than that. He might even be bothered by it, I guess, that I just messed up the name of my title. But this is Derek Parody. He's an Ink Master super fan and blogger. He's on the autistic spectrum. He would love to be a coach one day. And he's a fan of game shows. Is that correct? That, that's correct. You know, Wheel of Fortune and The Price is Right and Jeopardy. I was wondering, I was going to ask if you're a fan of Jeopardy. Do you, well, how do I don't you do really, when you. I, I think I would do way better at Wheel of Fortune than Jeopardy because I like word puzzles and I'd like to go on there someday. Have you, have you auditioned or tried out? No, I'm. That's the thing. I'm from Toronto, Canada, and that's kind of the issue you have no plans to go to where with films in california is that right um not right now not with the circumstances with the pandemic and all that oh yeah you're up there in canada where people don't like to get sick <laughs> so you guys don't like to come down across the border we love to get sick down here so we don't even pay attention to the numbers i apologize see i didn't even know we were in a pandemic <laughs> I guess the it's sarcasm's okay. lost okay. on you sometimes. It's, okay. it's okay. We got we got crazy people up on our side too. Right on. Yeah, I you know, I was gonna I, I, I'm from Canada myself. Actually I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but my father was from British Columbia in Vancouver, and he never renounced his citizenship, so I do have dual citizenship to Canada. Oh sweet. <laughs> I think so. I like it. It gives me a, you know, escape from some of the traps of patriotism. Well, I just realized I wrote a bunch of questions down on my phone. And if I look at them, I will not be able to talk to you. So that was pretty foolish of me. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, I texted to my wife and she left her phone right here. And so I'm, I'm, I can get into it real quick and, uh, and I can look at Hey, who's this? Who's this Derek you're talking with, Candy? You ain't supposed to be talking to no guy. Oh, it's you, Derek. I'm kidding. I appreciate you getting that, man. <laughs> I thought I thought she had a new boyfriend. <laughs> so you do blog. That's right. Right? Yeah. And you blog about Ink Masters or all different topics? Mostly Ink Master. Sometimes they're... A little different. Different how? Um, well, if I give my family a birthday shout out on Instagram or Facebook or, you know, anything that sparks my interest. Good. All right. So it's not I, I almost feel bad because as I'm looking at you and studying all this stuff, I always figured that you're fans of all kinds of different shows, but you really don't post much besides Ink Master. No, no Drew Carey birthday updates. Um, I think with those kind of people, they kind of rely on other people to handle their social media. Oh, you're doing it like a almost like a public service then for all of us. Yeah, I don't know everybody, every competitor's birthday per se, but, you know, most of them. Do you know you don't know these off the top of your head, do you? Like you don't know my birthday. You have to. It November comes up 29. In, holy poo. All right. Well, there we have it. 
Yeah, because you know, there's there's like 130 of us by now. How many Ink Masters are there? You probably know better than me. Do well, you know how many we, there if are? We, if we hmm? include if we include the duos from seasons nine and eleven, I'd say fourteen. Think, there's been oh, 14 seasons. Oh no, no, there's thirteen seasons, but there's been fourteen winners. Eight, okay. DJ and Bubba from season nine. Josh and DJ season ten, and Clean and Tony from season eleven. And how many? Uh, Ink Master contestants all total. Do you know the number there? I think I'd have to put that on a calculator. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's a lot. Well, let's see. So there were 10 to start in season one, then 16 for seasons two and three, 17 for season four, 18 for seasons five and six, 16 Listen for season you. seven, 30 yes. for season eight. I'm acting like I, I I'm just saying yes because I'm acting like I remember these numbers 18, myself. Eighteen shops with two people each, so that's thirty-six. Season ten right. had twenty-four. Season eleven had twenty-two. Season twelve had eighteen. Season thirteen had twenty. Oh my god, that's impressive, Derek. <laughs> that's extremely impressive. I'm so you are a super fan. You've just proven it. Yeah, I have a super fan video on YouTube, which was released in late September 2019. Where can we go and see this? It's on YouTube, but what would it be under? Like, what's the it's title we should choose? It's called Ink Master Superfan Derek Parody at the finale, A Day in the Life. And Derek Parody is spelled with an S at the end, correct? Yes. Is that French? Yeah, and Italian. Okay. I was wondering how we got rid of the S because I've, <laughs> I've almost only known you. I've never heard your last name pronounced uh, before I watched your 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 um, video, the one we were just talking about, the Ink Master Superfan video of Derek Parody. And I didn't I thought it was Paradise the whole time. I've been calling you oh, it's Derek o- Paradise. It's OK. When I was in high school, people called my last name Paradise <laughs> almost every single time. It's never a problem, I guess, when the girls call you paradise. You can just play it off like, you know. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be a problem straight. at all. Damn straight girl. <laughs> Speaking of girls, uh, guys, I guess we never know where anybody's swinging from. I don't know if I can even say what I can say sometimes. But let me ask you about significant others in your life. Do you have any? Um, not at the moment, although I did have one over the summer and the fall last year, but that's all said and done. It can be tough. Yeah. Or so I learned. I'm a, do you watch any other reality shows besides game shows? Mm. Well, um, I've had a habit for watching Bar Rescue. I like that show. They're starting a new season actually next month. They still got Taffer to yell at everybody. Yeah, his verbal thunder shower is pretty famous. Verbal thunder shower. Okay. (laughs) I like it. His verbal thunder shower. Is that did someone else moniker it that? Who named it? No, I'm pretty sure I said that. That's awesome. (laughs) Right on. 
Well, I'm going to try and use it in the future. I apologize, but I'm a thief for that kind of stuff. <laughs> if I ever see anybody have a verbal thunder shower, uh, now I know what it is. I'll know what to look for. It looks like John Tafferty. That guy is having a verbal thunder shower. The, re the reason I ask about other shows is I have a love of watching um, Love on the Spectrum, which is a dating show with autistic. Uh, well, they're not contestants, but autistic children dating and finding love. And it's it's no end of interest to me. Have, have you seen this or heard of this? No. Oh, right on. All right. Well, then nothing to talk about. here. I'm sorry. I just I, I'm from, from, you know, I obviously is from somebody who's who's not uh, autistic. The, our understanding of 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 people on the spectrum is pretty ignorant at times. I mean, we just don't understand simply like you maybe don't understand certain social cues. We don't understand your lack of social cues. And it's it's an equal ignorance. But watching dating on the spectrum really uh I mean, it, it, it shows some of the real complexities of, of dating, of course, just for regular people, but how that's amplified uh, on the autistic spectrum. But either way, uh, let me go back here. Sorry, I, my phone keeps shutting off on me. And I, I did have some questions. Uh, do you, can you get some more creamer? Oh, no, that's, man, I'm looking at my wife's phone. That's the other text I sent for the for the shopping list. You must uh, be a Seinfeld fan. How do you figure? Well, Cosmo Kramer is a character on Seinfeld. Oh, no, I was asking for coffee creamer. <laughs> well, from what I heard, it sounded like you said Kramer. Ah, uh, I got you. No, that's my Michigan accent. We don't <laughs> pronounce things right sometimes. When is your birthday, Derek? March 5, three weeks. And how many Ink Masters have <laughs> have wished you birthdays in the past? Speaking so. of that candy, remind <laughs> me to wish Derek a birthday <laughs> in May 5th. May 5th, you said, right? March 5th. Oh, man, I'm bad at these things. <laughs> I apologize. My mind is not good for dates or numbers or all the things that you are good at. You're like almost a, a mirror image of me. You're probably calm and collected too when you get in arguments, huh? Occasionally. Or moreover, you probably don't find yourself in arguments, do you? Hey, I go off my own world 24-7. Right on. Um, you, you've had... You've watched every Ink Master episode ever, I'm, I'm betting. You've watched all the spinoffs too? Yep, like, Angels and Grudge Match and Redemption. Out of all of the Ink Master, have you watched any of the Norwegian Ink Master uh, that they have? Not really familiar with that one. <laughs> okay. I've heard it was bad. I was going to ask for your comparison. I've heard that it's not the same format, not the same people and uh, and a poor, poor version of of what we have here. But uh, you have a tattoo or you have more now? I have three. Oh, good on you. I see the one in the extremely painful bicep area. Yeah, Where that's, are your other two? that's my that's my outer space autism awareness tattoo. I got it from an artist in uh, London, Ontario. 
Have you been tattooed by any of the Ink Masters yet? Or contestants, yes, I, I should say. Yes, I have. I recently got tattooed in September 2021 by Angel Rose from Seasons 11 and 13. It's a mashup. So I have a black and gray compass rose, which represents Ink Master, a maple leaf and star in the center realism to represent both of our countries, and four colorful illustrative puzzle pieces to represent autism purple in the north or the midwest green in the east orange in the south and yellow in the west why do the, the colors change from uh depending on on the oh wait that's that's because in the direction a, of the compass the, yeah and also okay. this was a commemoration for season 13 turf war based on the team colors oh wow <laughs> right which was your favorite season wasn't it something like that 13 or something 12 battle 12. of the sexes oh, okay. Why was that one? Why would that one interest you? Because it showed women are just as much of a threat in the community as men. And seeing a girl win the title of Ink Master when I went to Las Vegas in person, that was quite an amazing experience. Right on. Um, it'd be you're, uh, you said one other tattoo. Uh, that we didn't talk about. I'm, I'm sorry. I wanted to go back though because I wanted to know more it's about al- them. It's also it's also autism puzzle pieces, but it's in watercolor. You say that like you didn't like, like you're like, oh, it's in watercolor. <laughs> sorry. Did you didn't you would rather it wasn't in watercolor? It is in watercolor. Oh, I thought you said it like you you weren't as proud of it because it was in water. No, watercolor. I'm happy with all my tattoos. Oh, okay. And actually, actually, I'm getting my fourth this summer from an Ink Master Angel. Who's tattooing you? Gia Rose from season eight. Oh, awesome. Assuming restrictions are lifted because. Yeah, there's not a lot of travel right now. Where where were you going to get it tattooed at? You're going to go to where she's at? You're going to go to where are you going to get? She's coming. She's coming to Toronto. All right. Is there a tattoo convention up there? She's just coming up to see you. Yeah, there. we have a tattoo convention in Toronto called the Northern Ink Exposure, which okay. happens usually mid-June. We went to one up there in Toronto not too long ago, Villain Arts had on, but I don't believe that I saw you there. I don't know if I, I don't think it was the same one. Villain Arts teamed up with somebody. That's the, the crew that we usually travel with. Um, what's your favorite style of tattoos? You like so many artists. It seems like you would. Um, I'm might be tough open. For- I like color and black and gray. The only thing that I hate are tramp stamps, tribal and relationship names. Perfect. <laughs> That's yes. You and me alike. I think every artist let's, can agree with you there. Let's not forget season four. You had to adapt and cover up a failed relationship name. And you did that cherry blossom tree on. Oh, thank you. The, well, girls, yeah. the girls under parts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had to get in close and personal. But it was one of those. She actually had a story. Uh, she was kidnapped by the guy that that she used to have that name there. She was kidnapped along with her one-year-old son and driven on a high-speed chase at gunpoint around New Jersey. Um, and that that was one of the reasons I really wanted to create that cover-up to look like it was never a cover-up, like it, like it was just part of the tattoo. 
but yes, I did. And that's, that's exactly the reason we shouldn't put our loved ones names on us is, uh, you know, I think it actually changes the relationship. I, I think it dooms the relationship by changing the power dynamic that exists inside of the relationship. You got to do a lot for somebody that doesn't have your name stamped all over them. But once you get their name stamped on them, you don't have to do the same to keep them, you know, and, and that changes appreciation levels and, and, uh, and then the power structure is messed up and then they break up. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect answer. Yes. I, <laughs> I have, I'm sorry to, uh, um, like, unless you're absolutely committed to the relationship, there's really no point. Yes. Uh, well, even then I, I'd like to, I'm sorry to bring it to people's attention that it's probably almost always a bad idea. But even if you're committed to the relationship, people use the name as a test to the level of commitment of their loved one. And it, it's, you know, those tests aren't good. <laughs> that kind of a test, at least it, it lasts too long. Yeah. Causes, causes uh, riffs. You ever been to any Jane's Addiction shows? Jane's Addiction. No. The band. Okay. no. How do you like Jane's Addiction? You like music yourself? I like music, you know, a little bit of a mix, you know, pop, rock and rap and country. And Jane's Addiction falls in there somewhere. I don't know what they would be considered. A mm. subgenre, I guess. Have you, you haven't, what do you think of them? Well, I'm not really familiar with their music, so I wouldn't know. Oh, okay, right on. Well, Dave and Navarro is the guitarist from, they were influential on my life, actually. I liked them quite a lot, but they weren't very popular. Uh, and what, what do you think about racist Ollie? <laughs> You've met Ollie. How do you take this news? He was in my super fan video. How do you take this news that he was uh, dressing in blackface for, for nine years? It kind of came as a shock. And honestly, I... I don't think he meant to do it in a bad way. It was just an unfortunate controversy that, you know, had consequences. And, you know, I'm sure they'll find a third judge once filming starts rolling again. But I did meet him in person. Oh, and are he, they? He was in my super van video, too. Him and Chris Nunez. Are they planning that you know of them? They are planning on filming again? <clears throat> yeah. Arlene from Turf War gave me an article saying that they were going to continue more seasons on Paramount Plus. Who do you think they should have as a judge? Obviously, well, I vote you, but, but barring yourself, <laughs> you should be a judge for sure. I guarantee you should be a judge. But barring that would, you, that would be that would be nice. That would be nice. You know, I if, read that you wanted to be a coach. This that would be like a step up, wouldn't it? Even better yeah. than coach. Yeah, I mean, I've had dreams of being an Ink Master coach since season eight because I figured, you know, if they, if those, if the judges created a new Ink Master winner, why not a super fan? Yeah, uh, and actually, and the super fan who is as knowledgeable of tattoos as. Ink Masters taught you. 
like you're, you're all the knowledge that has ever been disseminated on Ink Master is stuck somewhere bouncing around inside of your brain. <laughs> and so you would be perfect in many cases to actually tell people no like this, even even without your own technical uh, practice of it. I, I personally believe that I would be in good hands to listen to you as a coach. <laughs> However, but let's talk about you being a judge. Would you be able to stand up there and, and deliver the Ollie uh, commentaries? Would you be able to tell people it looks bad when it looked bad? Well, they do have to walk around with it for the rest of their life unless they can afford laser surgery. Yeah. Well, it's not laser surgery, just a laser. But lasers still cost. Yeah. But luckily, it doesn't have to be performed by a high-end doctor. It's performed by a technician, so it's a little cheaper that way. I think they're doing it around here for like as little as 150 for a session. Uh, I don't know how long a session is because I, I recommend that all the time to people now someone just they, they sent in a question a picture of their their chest that somebody put this horrible big black blob in the middle of and they said can you fix this and I said yes with a laser <laughs> I can fix that <laughs> so who do you think uh, former contestants can you think probably which should be winners really but even not winners, I guess, who would you want to see as a judge to replace Oliver? Well, I've had opinions of creepy Jason from season 12 or even Cruzman, the winner from season six. I've seen him win in person in New York, Master versus Apprentice. And you would know that because we met outside in the lineup. Yeah. yeah, it was the first time I met you. It was when Cruzman won that night. He, uh, we got to see him even throughout the night. I don't, I, that, that was a fun night, actually. The next morning, I, he was wearing sunglasses to protect himself because I'm sure he was really hungover. <laughs> He'd been up late. He, he won. So, yeah, I guess you party, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think he really drank much, though. He didn't he didn't appear to be drunk when I seen him. And, and we kind of winded the end down of the night down <laughs> together at, a, at a, that that Coney Island. It was right near there. Well, you guys don't call it. I wonder you guys could, uh, the little restaurant. There's the diner, I guess it would be called. Here in Michigan, well, we call went, everything Coney. You went to Coney Island for season three. Accuracy, the eyelids. Yes. Yes. And then I messed up and did the worst portrait ever done. Well, I don't know. Dave Cruzman did a pretty bad portrait. <laughs> but the worst portrait ever done. But it was also the most accurate for the day. But well, they did. They did do senior portrait challenge in turf war. Oh, they did. Yeah, that I was, was a, a bad elimination. idea. I never do a senior portrait. <laughs> There's no reason to portrait an uh, old person. There's no uh, don't much, much less it, a toddler or kid portrait. Well, I like toddler and kid portraits. They're always fresh. They give a, a good emotional feel to the viewer, but any portrait of an old person seems depressing and sad. And that person had a vibrant life. And at one point they had a beautiful picture taken and you should find that and you should put it on them instead. Oh, your, your canvas at that finale, she confronted him in the audience. Like you're a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I'm more angry at the producers who said this was a good idea and then demanded that I do the picture of an 80 year old 
uh, person on a 63-year-old person's arm. I, I had no other choice. And I didn't think that that was right because I knew that she had a wedding photo that was already black and gray and soft filter or that she had a uh, graduation photo somewhere, you know, that would also be as, as properly. Those two things definitely exist in this woman's life somewhere. And uh, they could have brought them to me, but they really wanted to make sure that there were these old people there in, in the tattoos. I think, I don't know if they wanted to see me change it, but it was hard to be up against the, the idea of accuracy and then changing the tattoo in any way seemed like it wasn't going to be accurate. Oh, well, that I'm, I'm not sore about it. Yeah. And, and the other time you went to Coney Island consistency season four, you guys were tattooing identical twins. Yes. You know, you, actually, Halo and King, you, Halo and King Rock were a team. King Rock did the drawing. You and Halo did the tattooing. I think it was owls. It's so amazing that, you know, I almost forgot about going there because actually when we went to Coney Island, of course, both of the times we tattooed, and I'm doing air quotes for quotation marks on Coney Island, we were not in Coney Island. We actually tattooed in New Jersey in the same place we tattooed everybody every single time. We simply took a bus ride out to the Coney Island. They took video of us walking into a building and we walked around and then we went back to the warehouse and filmed the rest of it. Yeah, I know the studio takes place in New Jersey. Yes, sir. Even though they film, you know, a lot of New York skylines and bridges and. Yeah, they want to give you that impression that we're out there, but they're too cheap to pay for the, the, the housing. 16 people in New York City would cost a lot, not to mention all the producers um, and, and the, the, the runners and, and everybody that's got to get food and all those, you know, people help out the cameraman, the editor, all those people. They would, uh, they would, they would have to. I mean, it would be thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of dollars for every month that'd be open. So, what do you think went wrong with any of the spinoffs? Because none of the spinoffs have lasted, right? Like any of the spinoffs, Redemption, Angels, or Grudge Match? Yes, sir. Hmm. I don't think any. Hold on. Let me just wear this out. Um, I think in Redemption, I think maybe the drama was a little too extreme just because, yeah, you, you might have gone off on the wrong foot with the canvas, you know, at the time. And, you know, you want to make it right and they want to give you a second chance. But, you know, sometimes it just doesn't go that way. Most of the time they got most of the time the artist gave got a second chance and, you know, some kind of walked out. Oh, I, I did. I didn't want to tattoo the guy they brought in front of me at all. Uh, the black, the black and gray day, of the dead girl one. Yeah, well, it wasn't a day of the dead girl. I did the skull on him, but he was such um, he was such a difficult canvas to work with. I, well, he did. It, he did say, unless you want to share the hundred grand. Yeah, that was and that infuriated me. What also infuriated me, though, was and it never got told was that I told him, you know, he asked me about healing. Well, he didn't say healing. He actually said he was a wrestler. He wrestled uh, in tights in a, in a wrestling match. <laughs> he's he's um, a professional wrestler. Is that the right? I don't know. I call it wrestling. 
you know, he's he's a wrestler. Uh, and so he wears like a Lucha Libre mask when he wrestles and he has two Arabic swords on it, two scimitars. And he just wanted two scimitars on top of this skull uh, to and we had to go back and forth so much that he eventually said that to me that uh, unless you're planning on sharing the hundred thousand with me. And so then as I finished the tattoo, though, he says, what should I do this weekend while I'm wrestling so that the tattoo doesn't get hurt? And I said, wrestling. I said, well, you shouldn't wrestle. <laughs> and he said, he said, no, no, that's not an option. And I says, no, what are you talking about? And then we figured out he was going to wrestle in two more days. And uh, that's one of the worst times to really be doing anything like that. And I, there was yeah, no control. Gotta, he had. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the tattoo's got to heal and then it's got to peel. You got to put the ointment on like any roughness or rubbing against it. It's not going to heal well. Yes. And so then when I seen him at the same same night, I met you. I seen him outside of the line because he was into the finale as well. He was a contestant. Uh, not a contestant. He was, he participated in a former uh, challenge there too, where he got a gun stock for one of his rifles and tattoo baby did the gun stock. If you remember the, uh, the, the dog face one that they weren't very impressed with um, he got that. And so he was never that happy with his, his, what he got there. But when I seen him at the line, he wanted, he asked me to touch it up. And I said, yeah, no problem. We set up a date to touch it up. I was coming out to New York to do some tattooing at a, in Westchester tattoo convention. And then, uh, you know, we, we sent him how much we figured it would be. And he got mad and said that the tattoo should be free. And I said, that's, ah, I mean, my hotel's not free. You know, I got to go out there and eat. We're talking about New York prices. So then he said, I have other ways to make you tattoo me. And that was the last I had ever heard from him on the email. But when they got a hold of me for the redemption series, I had an idea it was going to be him because of the way he left that. You know, he must have been talking with them at the time uh, about getting on there. And then he felt that he was being nice to me, I think, by giving me the chance to touch it up. But what he was really doing was was uh, trying to keep a power over top of me, I felt. He was either going to have the power of of trying to humiliate me on live TV or, or on TV, not live TV, or he was going to have the power of getting me to ta continue this tattoo that I've got invested in him that he screwed up in the first place and then did a bad heel on on with no regard for how my uh, work would look and then prepare to shame me for how that work uh, was poorly taken care of on TV if I didn't go ahead and tattoo him again for free. So I was I was crazy mad. But luckily, they love crazy mad Kyle on on the show. I think that's all they want to see anymore. So they got what they wanted. And uh, I go away looking like a bit more of a dick, but it, I'm used to it. I always look like a dick. Explain well, the other the other time you came on redemption was when Josh confronted his also black great day to dead girl cameras with the lady face and the soldiers cross the flag and the boots. Yep. yep. I kind of liked that tattoo um, originally really. And you know, the redemptions were funny because people would come on there. They weren't so mad about their tattoos. A lot of times they really just wanted another tattoo. 
<laughs> and they were, they were they had to be mad about their tattoo to get a tattoo. So it, it kind of set up a really bad scenario for all the artists that were coming back to get air quotes again, redemption that the other, the person wasn't so mad about the tattoo. Oftentimes they liked it. The judges might not have liked it or the canvas jury might not have liked it, but they, they a lot of times didn't have a problem with it. They just simply wanted another free tattoo. So the producers reached out to them, asked them if they could be angry at us or, and, and then if the angriest you could get on the show, if you're angry, you know, would you ever be a human canvas on the show Ink Master? Oh, hell yeah. You would, what? even after seeing all the bad tattoos that have been done, too. Well, the crew's known me for so many years and with how much, how many years I've dedicated my life to this competition and knowing that it's going to come back soon, hopefully this year. I, mean, I don't know the timing, like right. they would have to invite me and do you I'm feel that I'm they triple, would look I'm out for you? I'm triple vax, so I wouldn't have a problem showing them my vaccine certificate. And and you feel and like there's they other, would take there are, good care there are other of fans who there are other fans of the show, whether they work canvassers or not, they would try to help me get on there because like they do know I am the number one super fan. Uh, yes. Do you feel then that because there is always the worry of going on the show, you're going to get a bad tattoo. Some people whether get it's bad good, tattoos. Whether it's a good or a bad tattoo, I would at least enjoy the experience. And right. and I, I sit and I sit like a rock, so I would kind of I would take the pain. And I didn't tell you too. You were talking about free tattoos. I actually got the compass rose that Angel gave me in September for free. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, well, he, I, I'm going to point out it, it. It might make me look like a bit more of a um, a hard ass, I guess, <laughs> because I don't like to give out free tattoos. But to someone like yourself, I can it, with I can completely understand that. Uh, with the relationship that me and um, the curtain jerker had, <laughs> the jabroni there uh, had, it wasn't going to work out very well. Um. If you were a human canvas, who would you would you you would probably want to come on later on in the episodes, though, right? You don't want to be there the first day when some of the worst people are there. I'm totally flexible, whether it's early in the competition, middle of the competition or late in the competition. I'm all game. Oh, wow. Because you would would you um, would you ever get to say that you got a, a, a acid cat from someone like Roland on the first day? Would you get it covered up or would you keep the acid cat as it was? Oh, I would cover it up. <laughs> okay. Right that acid cat from season four was so horrible. It was really hard to look at. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I don't know. They, they, um, you know what? The one thing that I, I never got to see any of the rooms where, uh, where Nunez and, and, Dave Navarro and all and Ali and them where they hung out. Um, others did, but I never got to see it. But I did get to see the office that was right before those rooms. And in that they had no tattoos up, only a couple of pictures of a couple of, the, uh, of, of us contestants. But then they did have one picture of that acid cat. So it must have been memorable somehow. 
because it was the only only art that was in that room was an acid cat picture. My wife and I used to have a T-shirt of that, too. I, I hope Roland ends up making it again, because that was an awesome, awesome T-shirt. Did you ever get a chance to meet Roland? No. Oh, right on. Too bad. He's an awesome kid. He's an awesome guy. Once we start traveling again, right now he's working on Virgin Voyages. He he get he gets to go out and uh, tattoo people on the ocean. Yeah, I've seen posts about that. You guys tattoo on a cruise ship and sail and tattoo away at the same time. Can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On a, on a wavy ocean, how bad could that be? Let's do something with a lot of straight lines. Sounds like a good time to do a geometric tattoo. That you did in season four. Yep. Yeah, yes, I did. What's what's the? It was, uh, it was the first. It was the, it was the first tattoo of the day when that season. Because what happened after the eyeball challenge testing dimension? Yeah, they weren't happy with with what I did. You know, I look back on that tattoo and I still don't dislike that eyeball tattoo, though. I think I needed to saturate a few areas a bit more. Um, by still talking with the artist or the kid that got it. <laughs> We're, we're still happy with it. We like that kind of gore. And to me, you could see the dimension because you could see the scalpel sticking in the eye. But I guess everybody doesn't like to look at stuff like that. Makes them think about scalpels in the eye, I guess. What's your favorite episode? From any season? From any season. Well, I'm guessing it's probably from season 13, right? Wasn't that your favorite? Se no, season 12. That was your favorite season. Wow, that's a tough one. Favorite episode from season 12? <laughs> Sir. Too many good episodes to Yeah, too many too many good episodes. Well, good. Let's not talk about that cuz I wasn't on that season anyways. <laughs> so let's talk about 3 and 4. Uh what do you do you have any um any insight? You know, I, I of course I was right there and I was subjective to it. And sometimes, especially for me, uh, when you're subjected to it, you don't really see it really, you know, the way it really is, you see it differently. And so I have one opinion of it and I'm always interested to hear other people's visions that they saw, you know, or, or their perspectives. Well, <clears throat> like, here's the thing, like when you see them, on camera when the episode's being aired, like you do see the drama, but when they post stuff, you know, behind the scenes or outside the cameras, they have to realize, you know, they're such good buddies to hang out with. And, you know, it's unfortunate that they have to compete against each other, but at the end of the day, you know, this competition has been such a huge family. Yeah. You know, I don't know that we, we didn't feel like family necessarily at first when you get there. Oh, there was and, a lot of rivalry in season three, for sure. Yep, yep. There was a lot of, um, from my perspective, there, was, there were cliques that started to, to form and definitely a hierarchy for those that found thought they were at the top of the clique, if you find it. Like, um, was it Joey and Jimmy and... Uh, and Craig Foster all, all hung out very closely together um, during that. And it was kind of like there was the cool kids, you know, crew, and then the rest of us. Did that come across at all? Cool, I think the cool kids club was more 
commonly known in season nine with unkindness art and allegory arts and um april oh, they and went da- april and Dane shop artistic skin design i gotta be honest i think i've, I've probably told everybody here before it I, I had too much trauma. One day I'm going to need to go back and watch these episodes, but I really haven't watched. But a couple of episodes after season four, it took me a while to even finish watching season four, even though I had friends on it. Somewhere inside of me, is, although I protest and act like I'm a big tough guy, uh, is, a, is a little little scared child <laughs> that doesn't like to go out into the real world. So I avoided that. And I'm, I'm sorry not to be able to talk to you more about the cool kids club. But then you didn't, I'm guessing then you didn't notice it in season three from, from your perspective and, and what made it on air. You didn't notice any kind of click like that developing. No, not at the time. And after season three, that's when I started joining Twitter. And after season four, I started joining Instagram. Okay. How'd you feel about Tattoo Baby as as a recurring contestant? Do you feel that she was uh, fairly treated? Do you feel like they're a little bit hard on her? How do you feel? I think she was treated fairly. You know, the point where she almost wanted to go home after the pinup challenge, you know, it's, it's tough for a lot of artists because, you know, they leave their businesses, they leave their families and their kids and shops and their livelihoods at home. You know, it's, it's tough on them. Yes, I know. <laughs> I, I know very well. I felt like um, at the time seeing it, I felt like they were being very easy on. And then when I experienced it myself in season four, I felt like they were being overly harsh on me as compared to yeah, how they, they were to her. Yeah, they definitely when I go were back, overly harsh on you in season four. You know, particularly, you know, with the aquatic challenge test, testing placement, you did that cool sea turtle. I thought it was cool too. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, they really hated it. And uh, that baseball player, I don't know, he was he's probably really good at throwing balls or catching balls. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember yeah, his name, he, but I think he was a pitcher for the Yankees. It's probably really good. And he'd probably be able to beat my ass. But thankfully, if I ever got his him to listen to this, actually, that would be the highlight of the viewership of this podcast. So I really get to talk as much smack against him anyways. But I didn't. Sometimes they would have judges on like him. And I didn't understand why they were there, because you may be able to throw baseball really good. But looking at your tattoos, which you have plenty of, you clearly don't know how to pick a good tattoo. And then for him to quarter uh, Monday, Monday quarterback, my my tattoo without any from a spot of ignorance, I kind of went off on him a bit, and they didn't show it. I, 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 you know, I, I feel like sometimes they would miss some of the better drama, but now I realize the reason they wouldn't show that is they wouldn't have allowed anybody to talk bad to this guy who's coming out, this star, you know what I mean? Because they have to treat the stars really good. You, you wouldn't be able to talk smack to, to uh, Hugh Jackman too, and be like, you kind of sucked in Les Miserables. I'm telling you, man, I, just between you and me. I've watched not, Les Miserables. It's a good show actually, isn't it? It's a movie. 
Well, yeah, it's also it was a it was a it was a play for several years, right? On Broadway there. Well, How do you think? Well, let me well let me ask mm-hmm. you this, and not to put this in a personal level, do you still think about that moment? what happened before the negative space flash challenge with the gunpowder? Like, does that go through your head every single day? <laughs> uh, not every single day, but um, that, that day really that didn't bother me. I mean, some of, I mean, it doesn't look good, but I'm not a person who worries, I guess, about how I come off looking to people as much as I care about how I feel about my actions. And I know where I was at. And to me, all that was was a justified reaction to getting treated treated with bias that, that I know was unfair when, when if if I do good with criticism, as they were showing, if he was like, you got to be hard on Kyle so he does good. But then every single time he judges me, he tells me I'm doing bad. But then he, he still is hard on me to make me do good. I didn't understand that 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 came to be crazy, you know, because he's repeating the same procedure, expecting a different result. But if Melissa did good with chocolate cake, you're going to show up to the set with chocolate cake tomorrow. You know, if I really do good, you're almost being unfair to the other contestants. If I do good with 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 all this negativity. But um, so I don't feel bad as much about that. Uh, I do feel bad about not being able to address his um, when, when the judges talk to you, you're always being careful of how you fight back of the things that you would say back to them because you don't want to make them mad because they will be biased against you. And you also don't want to make them. You don't want to. Uh, well, that's just it. They have that power over you. So if they say something that is not true, you have to be careful how you word it. We watched um, Made Rich went home on the day that he told the judges that he tried to dumb the tattoo down. The Asian, and you, the Asian tattoos testing detail. Yeah, nobody got tattoo of the day. Like it was a bloodbath. Yes, they were very, very. Uh, yes, it was terrible. <laughs> It wasn't very nice to any of us. Uh, but uh, when he said he tried to dumb the tattoo down in his response to to their criticism of his tattoo, they they all kind of you could see it on their eyes. It registered like, oh, he's going home. And it was be, it was it was a, a sever it was a severed samurai head being held by a by a geisha or a samurai warrior. It. It just didn't read as appealing to me. No, tattoo wasn't done the greatest and he could have gone home and he justifiably could have gone home. It made sense that he might go home. He was doing a style that he wasn't familiar with so much, too. But when he said, dumb it down, their eyes all widened and their nostrils flared. And we knew without a doubt he was going home, if you follow me. And so you're careful how you respond to them. But I wish on other occasions I had responded that I had fought uh, maybe more vehemently or, or, or more passionately for my tattoo. And that I feel like on the turtle day uh, that you were talking about, I feel like I wish I had fought a little bit more for that tattoo's uh, acceptance. Because where they pointed out that there wasn't detail in some of these fish, 
I purposely didn't want detail in those fish because I didn't want to steal from the detail that I put in the turtle. I wasn't trying to make my foreground look more detailed than my. You uh, wanted the turtle to be the subject. focal point and just the fish to be. Afterthoughts. Afterthoughts. Yeah. yeah. Now I, 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 it could be a mistake here or there, but I've always done tattoos as a, uh, as progression. Like I've never seen a tattoo that I thought was done today. Like it, I always feel that I'll probably come back and do more work around it or make this one tattoo eventually into a full sleeve by adding things to it. So I, I didn't feel the necessity like they felt I should feel to finish everything. So, so, uh, so detailed, but at the same time, I couldn't, I didn't have enough time. That was a big tattoo. Those Asian, those, all those Asian tattoos from season three, they looked like 10 to 12 hour tattoos. (laughs) On on that day, I got to tattoo Jimmy Smith. Is that right? And I did a, um, I, I, or did I do a different Asian tattoo? Like must you did have been one of those date, must you did one of those in the season three you did one of those like asian deities and she had like six arms and lots of okay yeah people. yeah the shiva yep okay that was it that's when i tattooed jimmy smith he now is the commentator for uh wwe monday night raw oh what? Right, yeah there must have been some there must have been at least a bellator fighter from that challenge yep there was uh, Frank Trigg, who was a Bellator fighter, and now he is a referee inside of the uh, UFC and other uh, – he's, he's refereeing other MMA bouts now. Frank Trinkletoe's Trigg, he used to work commentating for Pride, and when he came on, I recognized him right away because I've always been a, a lover of fights. And, uh, and then I, I kind of recognized um, Jimmy Smith because I watched the show he was on Fight Quest – but I didn't quite know him as much. I was pretty scared that if I messed up Twinkle Toes tattoo, he would beat my ass. So, (laughs) (laughs) and, and and I knew that there would be more judgment on, uh, on the Asian tattoo because he wanted an Asian tattoo and he actually, he got a beautiful tattoo that I think could have won easily, but they beat it up because they didn't find it Asian enough. And so, to me, it was a smart choice to take Jimmy Smith and do the Asian tattoo, but it was a. Uh, didn't didn't Jimmy Indian. Litwalk get that canvas? You assigned you assigned the skulls that. Yep. Challenge. Yeah, I signed the skulls. And no, I gave um I gave Craig Foster the tattoo, because there, there were Asian, it was Asian doves. Yes. Yep. And I gave it to Asian Craig Foster. Doves. I felt that Craig Foster was the best tattoo artist there, and that if uh. If I ever ran into tr- Craig or, you know, uh, Twinkle Toes Trig, Frank Twinkle Toes Trig, if I ever ran into Frank again and he wanted to beat my ass, I could easily say he was the best artist there. You can't be mad at me, you know. So but uh, I didn't realize how who Jimmy was and Jimmy could have easily crushed me as well. He's he's quite a um, experienced Brazilian jiu jitsu fighter and uh, and and multi MMA fighter as well. He's actually traveled across the world and and been beat up by black belts from on almost every continent except Antarctica. But I digress. You uh, you got to watch 
Well, all of all of my breakdown. So I got to apologize. <laughs> did any of it not make sense to you? Um, did you wish that I'd performed differently? You asked me if if I wish I'd performed, but do, do you wish I had done anything differently? Wow, that one is a toughie. <laughs> Don't worry about hurting my feelings. I've got a thick skin. Mm, I think a little more emotional control would have been beneficial just because, you know, being in an angry state that you were, I think it would really affect, you know, judgment and thought processing, which yes. kind of might have resulted with what had happened bef before that negative space flash challenge. You know, they asked me if I wanted to come back after I got in that fight. Didn't you say at one point that one of the judges filed a restraining order on you? No, no, they didn't. Oh, that was a joke. Okay. <laughs> no, um, it may have been more. I, I have prior assault convictions or, or charges um, usually pled down. I, I have an assaulting a police officer charge that was also uh, pled down. But all these things show up when when they're processing you and when they're figuring out how much jail time you get. And so I knew it wouldn't look good uh, to have okay. some more assault. I may have mentioned something like that at one point, but no, I've never got a restraining order. Thankfully, actually Nunez, I think wanted to fight me easily as much as I might've wanted to fight him. But in my, um, it, it, I think in my rash of thinking there, you got a real good point. Because if I had stayed, I think the storyline was about to change. And I think I was supposed to make it to the finale on the stage because it makes the most sense. However, I also was being angered because of that. As I recognized that they may actually want me on the stage and they might carry me all the way beating me up the whole time just so that they could make a more conflict driven finale. It made me mad that my uh, work and effort meant little in comparison to their need for a storyline that was compelling. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's the way I saw it. Like it, it as I realized that even if I were to finish and that I were on the stage as a as a finalist, I I began to realize that that meant the show was also staged, and and not uh, a fair representation of a competition, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that uh, when you're in that, I mean, that kind of hurts you, because then you think all the wins that you won, that those weren't. Good, fair wins and you think of all the losses that you've lost and you think well those weren't fair losses you don't really know what to think anymore and you feel subjected to somebody else's whims and I didn't want to be part of their whims anymore and I was actually I had a lot of problems going back home my dog was dying <laughs> I missed him and uh and my my wife's car was our car was driving around Michigan without any uh heat because uh, she didn't know how to fix the bypass. 
in, in it, you know, things that I can fix, but I can't fix when I'm in New Jersey and all these problems just flared up at one night. And, uh, and I, I didn't have the best control over my emotions for sure. And I, I actually asked for help from the production. Uh, but they're, they, they shut me down. Like sometimes people do like when you, when you say, no, I need something because I really want to do violent things to people <laughs> and they don't want to imagine that. So they create their own imaginary world where you didn't really mean what you said. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, but you're joking, right? Ah, okay. Yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It, uh, I, I think they wanted me to go crazy, but they didn't want me to go that crazy. However, after I got in a fight with them, the, the executive producer, Andrea Richter, she got in the van with me. The van was going back home, back to the, back to the warehouse. And, uh, it was either going to go back there and I was going to get ready for the next day of filming, or it was going to go back there and I was going to go to a hotel and leave. And she asked me how I felt about that because it wasn't determined at that moment, whether or not I was going to be kicked off the show. And I considered it for a minute. I thought you're crazy. Like, are you kidding me? I get to come back. Why, why would you let me come back? I've watched the challenge and anytime anybody even comes close to punching somebody CT, not CT, but uh, TJ Lavin, he sends those people home. And I just got in a physical altercation with this guy. What do you mean? I could come back. She said she would have to clear it with the executives. Uh, meaning the corporate, but that she, she would work on that. And I, th I think in hindsight, I think that that meant more over that they had an intention to treat me rough purposefully to help build a drama for the storyline. And then they wanted to have me on stage in the finale so that that drama would be, would, would make other people, you know, would have a interactive viewership. People would feel an invested interest in the finale. Does that make any sense? Yeah. I mean, it was still an awesome finale to watch that season. Well, yeah, you were there, weren't you? No, I was at season six. That was still season four. Okay. I must have been season six that I met you out there then. I thought yeah. I met you more than once. Have you ever gone to any of the villain arts or any of the tattoo conventions across the country? No, but I'm intimidated to go to one someday intimidated like you're you're scared to go one or you mean to go to go to one M meant to go to one oh awesome awesome i hope that these uh restrictions do get get cleared up so that we can travel back and forth across that border a little bit easier well right now we're having issues with that because there are trucker convoy protesters on some Canadian provinces that are blocking the border and going crazy with the vaccine mandates and restrictions. And they're not really going about this in a systematic way. 
<sighs> Unless this is the problem. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I'm, except sometimes I might apologize. <laughs> we don't do things the best ways down here. We don't like to. Uh, we stop around more like children and tell them, you're messing with my rights. <laughs> yeah, well, every time I leave you in the room by yourself with all your friends, you keep having pillow fights and you knock the lights off the ceiling. Now I got to come and clean up class. What's that? Other Canadian truckers? Oh, I thought they were American truckers. I'm sorry. I also stay out of the news because all of it makes me. Um, hey, you remember how I was with Nunez? <laughs> all of that stuff seems to make me like that sometimes. So the news makes me crazy. But these are Canadian truckers that are stopped at the border then. Yeah. I don't know, like well, the, whole, the whole pandemic has just turned this world upside down over the past two years. And I understand yeah. that people are angry and frustrated and upset, but you can't let your guard down. Like these vaccines will save you and masks will save you, but people are just too fed up with it and they're just taking it too far. Yeah, I think there's a there's a push for everything that, that you do. So if you, there's any force, there, there will be an equal and opposite resistance. And so you have to really be careful with how you use that force, depending on how you want to meet that resistance. It's amazing to me the vaccination rate in, uh, in your country and uh, also in like uh, Europe, where the, there wasn't such a need for uh, uh, vaccine mandates, that people just voluntarily got them. But anyways, Candy says, hey, that's boring, Kyle. So she wants me to wrap that part up. And uh, was there what is the name of your blog and where would I find that? You mean my Instagram account or? Oh, I thought you had a blog, too. No, my Instagram page is my blog. OK, yeah. What is your Instagram page? It's Hello? still the same. Derek underscore rocks 514. Oh, I'm, I'm just plugging it. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> it might seem um, curious why uh, I, I, I asked for these things. I guess now I think about this situation moreover. But I just really want to give you the opportunity to plug it so we can get as many people to that as possible. If anybody's listening to this and you're in, it's because they're interested in Ink Master. So they'll probably definitely want to check out, you know, your your Instagram page and uh, and follow you. So hopefully you'll get some more followers out of this or something, grow some popularity. And once you grow that popularity, that's when they can't deny you. Then they will call you and they will say, Derek, please, come on. We need you to be a judge. We kicked Navarro off. We are like, screw that guy. All he does is want to play the guitar and bang the canvases all the time. So hey, we want to have if, somebody if, if on. Ink Master, if Ink Master wants me to host this show, sign me up. That's what we're working on. I think we can do it. Well, you, me, a few, a few of the, the listeners here, we're just going to petition. Derek needs to host this show. And go on Wheel of Fortune somehow, because <laughs> if you've if you've seen my Instagram stories, I could solve puzzles in a flash. Do you ever watch uh, the challenge MTV's challenge? I noticed they have a lot of puzzles on there. I don't really go on MTV much. OK, 
And would you ever think about being a tattoo artist yourself? Tempting, but no. I <laughs> just chose, you know, to go in a more of a science route because I, I like challenges and science is a challenge and like a puzzle. And, you know, that's why I have my chemistry degree. Oh, right on. I didn't even know. I should have asked. I didn't know you had a degree. You're, how, how many years of degree? We're not a doctorate yet, though. Or are we? Do I get no, to call I'm, you Dr. I'm Paradise? Not, no, I'm... <laughs> No, I wasn't going to okay. be a doctorate. <laughs> right on. You should think about it, because then if you if you just put an E on the end of your name, you're Dr. Paradise. And I don't know if there ain't a better name for a um, for an ink master host than that. It's like, <laughs> listen, if I'm trying to sell this, we have David Navarro. Oh, yeah. What's he do? He plays guitar in some band we've never heard of. And then we have Dr. Paradise. Ooh, Dr. Paradise. Who, who is this character? I'm <laughs> I'm curious. You sparked my interest, Dr. Paradise. I mean, who doesn't love paradise? And he's a doctor of it? Yeah, doctor. You could you could be a master paradise, too, eventually, if you kept on going for it, right? I don't know. PhD paradise don't sound as cool, but it does have at least the alliteration. You know, the PPs, the PhD paradise. Ooh, yeah, I could. I can I can see the resemblance. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know why I suddenly imagined those Dr. Paradise. It seems like a guy who has a small, small person with him, maybe named Tattoo, who's always being like, look at us, the plane, the plane. And, uh, and he's like, yes, yes, it is the plane. It is time. It is time. It is time for me to host Ink Master. <laughs> Season 3,499, which isn't, I know, a number, but... Uh, Oh, wait, no, it is. I said, and I tried to mess up the number and I actually got one right. <laughs> but how long do you think if it, if it comes back, do, do you think that there will be a uh, former contestant or Ink Master winner that would be the, the third judge that would take Oliver's spot? Who do you think it would be? Wow. Um, that'd, be that'd be hard to choose from. I keep thinking clean is an obvious choice to replace Ollie. I mean, if you look well, at clean. Well, well, he was a judge in the grudge match series. So. Okay. Yeah. And he's, he's a uh, interesting, he's got color commentary, which is what Ollie was. They had Nunez was the Simon Cowell, the asshole, if you will, excuse my language. <laughs> and then Navarro was the sexy voice of reason. Right. And uh, and then Ali was the crazy, ha -ha, the the carny ride operator of the group, you know, and yeah. I think clean fills that spot, especially you've seen him as of late. He even looks like Ali on, you know, uh, with with a couple hundred extra pounds. His hair is long, long like his and he's always wearing trucker hats. All he's missing is the mustache, the Yosemite Sam mustache, and then he can go on there. Yeah. <laughs> However, as I think that, I also have to temper the idea with what I know that they strove for throughout the casting. They really wanted to have, they have a, a large viewing audience that is female. Mm 
uh, it's almost over 60% female, if I'm not mistaken. So I think they would probably want to have a female. And at that point, I think uh, Ryan Ashley, of course. But I would almost be more interested to see Kelly Dotty on there. Your thoughts? Well, I've met both Kelly and Ryan in person, and I wasn't even nervous talking to them. Like, I was just really in my comfort zone. And, you know, meeting them in person, that was such an exciting honor because I've looked up to their work. So, well, are you telling me then that you're scared to make this choice? <laughs> you don't want to piss anybody off. You know, I probably will try and make sure they hear. But I'm going to I'm going to put you on the on the hot seat, man. Which one of them do you pick as the replacement for Ollie, given those two is the choice? Kelly. Oh, I thought you were going to you were going to say neither one again. And I was I was going to I was ready to move on. I was like, all right, too much pressure. I feel like Kelly, too, because I feel like Kelly's kind of she's got that smart mouth kind of a little bit more, you know, a little bit of sass that, that uh, Ink Master needs. Is, is that what's your reason for thinking, Kelly? Well, she has a way of how she phrases stuff. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Ryan Ashley, not that I wouldn't take anything away from her, but uh, I just feel like Kelly's got that unique perspective who else would it be though out of all the ink masters before would you think of anybody i've suggested both clean kelly and and uh, ashley who do you think you would like to see there if they don't choose you as the judge to replace ollie laura season 12 winner or jimmy snaz from seasons 11 and 13 <laughs> I have not met Laura at all. I have met Snaz, and he he is awesome. That he's a great tattoo artist and just an awesome dude, an all around great personality too. So, um, yeah, Laura's cool he, too. He had a very he had a very fashionable habit, especially during turf war. A fashion of what being fashionable? Yeah, like the well, USA that's a fashion and the snakeskin pants, like. <laughs> that was that was quite a fashion trend right on yeah some people can pull that stuff off and some people can't snaz is one of those guys who like randy macho man savage has the ability well, not many day, other people <laughs> have you ever you ever put on a pair of rattlesnake pants run out the house just to go do some grocery shopping yourself or I probably wouldn't want to try. How many how many rattlesnake pants do you own? Zero. Okay, right on. That's the same number that I have. Snaz, though, how many do you think he's gotten that that wardrobe of his? I well, bet Snaz and Kelly Dotty. He must have had at least two because Frank also wore that same snakeskin pants in the versatility challenge. Oh, wow. I, I guess I didn't realize. Again, I, I should probably watch these things. They're entertaining. <laughs> I've had a hard time listening to the judges because when I hear the judges, it really has a trauma that makes it harder for me to tattoo confidently 
And of course, my job is to tattoo confidently. And so a lot of my work as an artist since the show has kind of been stealing the power that I gave those guys over me, stealing it back. You know, I mean, they're in my head sometimes. It's sad to say or admit, but uh and they can really mess with your ability if you're as an artist, you tattoo on your confidence. And so when that's that's weakened, it can show. So I, I really avoid watching the shows. I didn't get to see Snaz in his pants. What I've loved is traveling the country and then meeting people who you know are introduced to me as being on the show. And I feel kind of uh, kinship and and they're always good personalities. And then, you know, I've, I've loved getting to know these people just on a personal level. But uh, unfortunately, I'd never really know them from the show. Wow. But thankfully, none of them know me from the show, too. <laughs> I'm worried that they would because they're like, yeah, man, I got to admit, man, I never used to watch the show until I was on. And I'll be like, oh, you didn't miss anything. You didn't need to see me on my worst day ever. You know, that is probably the worst part in kind of an answer to your before about how I act. And, and, and I, I feel that I should have probably had more emotional control that day because uh, when people see me now and they recognize me, there is that, you know, there is that imagination, that idea of, of that guy is not in control at all times. So. Well, but, live and learn. That's what they always say. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've been hesitant to learn. <laughs> I'm 50 now and uh, and it's still well, almost 50 now. I think at the point that you're at as close to 50 as I am, you just start saying it ahead of the ahead of so that you, when it finally happens, you're not like, you know, so that you're prepared. You know, it's not like, damn it, I'm 50. Oh, <laughs> didn't know. Well, Derek, I think I've I've stayed too long and said too much. So uh, which is my sign off is really what I got to say before I before you're just like, wow, Kyle just abruptly ended that. What a dick. But. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to go like too far there, but. OK, but that's my my side. So I so I've, I've developed that. Actually, I didn't develop it. Um, Gentle J gave it to me as uh, the best gift ever, which I should ask you, I want to ask you, how do you, your, your, your feelings on gentle Jay. And when he, uh, when he brought the, the papers up that showed that Scott was uh, kind of copying off of Google, did you have uh, any feeling on that day? That was probably going to be a losing battle. Yeah, I think it was. He, he uh, obviously, cause Scott won. So no, Maddie won that challenge. Detail Warriors. Oh yeah, yes, but I mean, he nobody uh, went home that day. Scott won the overall. Yeah, Scott won the overall battle, and yeah, Gentle J was just basically shooting a bullet that missed a target by a mile. Yeah, he feels that he was kind of set up by other people who didn't have the um, courage to point that out. So like, like, cause other people were coming to him and showing it to him. Then he was the one that kind of was tasked with turning it in. Yeah, that was an unnecessary thing to do. And really 
even if it was true, he wasn't going to win that one. Oh, it, it was true. <laughs> he, uh, it, well, do I know? I guess I wasn't there, but you, you uh, I was there, was there the final prior. Six. I know I was there prior to that though. And uh, Jim Francis had pointed out to us that uh, Scott was using material that he had already had in his portfolio and, and it was already used. So it wasn't a hard assumption to, to imagine that he was also using Google. The rest of us had to use Getty images and it was a real um, a hindrance because Getty is not nearly as uh, searched or as good as Google for sourcing tattoos. But Scott was kind of using Google and I don't know to us. We, we like we probably all should have realized we could have colored outside of the lines, you know, with that rule. But those of us that were adhering to it or, or like myself that were just trying to draw everything. Um, those of us that were doing that, uh, we felt a honor system almost, you know, something that was different from season three and four. Actually, when season four was more about the game. And more about Ink Master as a as a um, as a reality show competition with alliances and things like that. And season three more had secret alliances or had um, I don't know. They were all working to be the best. It, it was stated many times. Everybody said it there that they wanted to attack everybody at their best because they, if they won and when they won, they wanted to feel like they competed against the best, you know, like they deserved it. Well, and then season, season, well, season three, you did say to Josh that you were apologizing for, you know, how he was trying to play the game and, you know, with the whole instigator thing. And, you know, then you uh, and Josh worked together in the proportion flash challenge where you guys tattooed each other. You did the, Crossblade and Josh did the hands with the paintbrush. Yeah, and you guys also won a trip to Germany for the Jägermeister thing. Well, yeah, we were supposed to. We just took the money instead. Took the oh. money and <laughs> we didn't want to travel together. <laughs> I was we we couldn't bring our our wives. Uh, and it but just yeah, seemed it like sounded like that time. moment. It sounded like that moment. You wanted to be in a secret alliance with Josh. Well. I think at that moment, I recognized that everybody was playing despite all the the honor that was amongst us and that I tried to show when I was handing out my own when I was handing out trophies, I did exactly as everybody had been talking about wanting to meet everybody on their best. And so I handed out things to everybody that uh, that that would allow them to showcase themselves, except for Joshua Hibbert. Uh, and then I got people angry at me. Um, Jimmy was mad because I gave him two subjects instead of one. And uh, I gave Jason Clay Dunn the, the uh, dragon when he wanted the dragon and then he didn't do a good dragon. So he wasn't happy with the choice I gave him. But uh, and then when it was time to have that reciprocated, Jason Clay Dunn gave me a very challenging tattoo on the Coliseum. Yeah. Uh, dimension, the realistic landmarks. Yeah, it was. I did. It seemed, it, it it seemed like it seemed like he wanted to stir the pot, and you know, you did you did a good tattoo that challenge. Yeah, and, they still yeah, uh, they did, still beat yeah, it up. Yeah, Joey did a good Golden Gate Bridge tattoo as well. 
Oh, yeah. It definitely deserved to win. I liked it more than my own. I should have had some clouds or something in there, but I just didn't have enough time to do that great big tattoo. I'm faster now. I probably could nowadays, but uh, it all changes, you know, the the that's. What's that? Well, there were there were some landmarks that challenged that weren't really six hours, like the Grand Canyon that Jimmy did or Mount Rushmore, the tattoo baby did, because doing four faces, it's like four times the amount of detail and trying to do each face in an hour and a half is impossible. Yeah, they picked off some rough ones, all of them. I think uh, the Mount Rushmore, maybe if we're changed in the size, but no, you're absolutely right. And the, the um, Grand Canyon, that was just an unfortunate one because it's you just don't even know how to make that look good. Like, it's just, I don't know where it goes on the body properly. There's no defined anything to it, you know, nothing to really outline, no real subject matter. It's just landscape. But uh, the Coliseum probably uh, should have had some clouds in it. Who is it? I think they told me a tree or something, too. And they were all they were all right. They should have had something. But I digress. What was your uh, what's, what's your favorite of any time that I was on? Uh, like season three or four. What was your favorite episode or challenge? <laughs> wow. Um, season three or and four. Yes, sir. If wow. you want to do um, season four, I think my favorite challenge was probably the lettering with the adaptability the lettering tattoos was that on the adaptability that was season four yes i can't even remember what i did but i i do uh yes yes there is the bird in the cage that maddie did that was pretty he was having a bad day <laughs> And then there was the triumph that Scott did that they liked that had blown out lines and uh, illegible. Could, you couldn't. Yeah, it was illegible. Did did he win that one? No, that was Halo. Oh, he had that beautiful dog and that great lettering too. Boy, that was beautiful. That's who I thought should have won that whole season was Halo. Halo? I was yeah, I was surprised they sent him home when he did. I didn't. I didn't see it. What, what's your opinion? It was a really close battle because all four, they were pretty much the only ones who have won flash challenges and elimination tattoos put together. Right. And Favorite challenge from season three. Wow. Um, hmm. <laughs> I, I think the funniest one would be with the barcodes. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. You guys had to Elysium set up your challenge. machines and then tattoo a barcode testing lines. Yeah. And then they actually, on that episode, they pumped in a bunch of sound of a bad running machine. Like for Joshua Hibbert, his machine didn't sound like, like pure butt as hell. No, it, it's, it sounded like a propeller. Well, they, I believe that that was a sound that they added and it wasn't really uh, – I don't know that his machine was running so great. 
and and then they made it look like I didn't know what I was doing because they, I was joking around and says, I don't know how to do this or something like that. And they they uh, they made it look like I didn't know what I was doing. That bothered me. You know, that day they also gave everybody the wrong tools to put the machines together. They had a star bit or a Torx bit, they call it um, for the for the coils. And we they we gave us Allen screws to put the machine together so we couldn't use it. I started taking apart my other machines and using my parts to fix that machine. And then after I got it together, they they got the Torx bits and they didn't stop the time. So then I was like, well, am I going to be like we're being they told us we were being judged on the machine and how it ran after we put it together. And and I was like, am I going to be judged bad for using my parts on this machine? And they said they couldn't tell me. And so I worried about that. I took my uh, so I took the time to take my coils uh, screws back out and use their screws, thinking that it might be a problem. And uh, I think that cost me some of my time for sure. Well, well, most of you put the machine together and did and did tattoo. Only a couple couldn't. Mm A couple people couldn't. Tattoo baby broke her nails off. I think it was Allie. I don't know if she she was able she to get her machine. She didn't. Together. She didn't put her machine together when she tried yeah. to assemble it. It broke. All right. Yep. Yep. I think it was something with the uh, coils, the coil wire. Sometimes those things are fragile. But yeah, thank God nowadays elim- we use. <laughs> yeah, and then the elimination tattoo with the Celtic. That seemed like more of a nightmare. Was that on that same day? Yeah, yeah. that would be line work, wouldn't it? Yep. Yeah, that lines was, uh, going over and under each other, overlapping, underlapping. That's the part they gave me a hard time with because they said they, they didn't line up enough. I liked it, though. It was a pretty tattoo. The lady that day gave me a book, <laughs> which I read and I'm happy she gave me, uh, called The Art of Happiness uh, about the Dalai Lama. <laughs> she said, you're not going to be offended if I give you something, will you? <laughs> it's like, what? She's like, it just helps so I think she was a psychologist, possibly even. So, well, like you were, you were about to say, nowadays now the tattoo machines are wireless and battery operated. Yes, and rotary machines, which I love so much more than those coil machines, that uh, that really were great, but they took a real finesse and they they were uh, limited to how they would work. Then, a coil a coil machine doesn't have as much versatility as a rotary machine um a single coil machine i should say because i don't mean coil machines but who wants to walk around with eight coil tattoo machines every time they leave the door like like oliver it's like man that must be heavy i would have thought his arms were bigger flexibility cover-ups in the critique mystical mike was like i don't know if anybody knows but i only had one tattoo machine to work with for the entire tattoo and the judge is like you only have one tattoo machine that's all i have Wait, wait, wait. I- I'm confused. You only have one tattoo machine. I I don't ever leave my house with eight machines minimum. How do you come to a tattoo competition with a machine? That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, really wanted to talk about his ex-girlfriend throwing his machines away. And uh, that all got edited out. <laughs> but actually, he had two machines. One was a stigma and the other was a hawk. But I think what he meant to say was not one machine, but actually one needle, because he only used a seven mag throughout that whole tattoo. 
but he probably should have used more needles and might have looked a little better too. You should never have an excuse for your tattoo. You know, <laughs> if you have an excuse, you should fix that. And, and, you know, that shouldn't be your excuse ever again. Yeah, that cover-up challenge in season three, your first season, I thought there was going to be no tattoo of the day because people said, like, they did do a cover-up, but it ended up looking like something else. But, you know, thankfully, Tattoo Baby took tattoo of the day, so that was relieving. Well, it was a pretty tattoo with a broken finger, right? Mm-hmm. We all remember looking at that. She came up to me at one point while she was designing it. And she says, she says, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. And uh, and, you know, you're you're competing. So you want to be careful about what you say to help anybody at any time. But she says, I'm thinking about it and, and I'm thinking something. Maybe it doesn't look right. That's what she said to me. And I looked at it. And I saw that finger. And I was like, whoa. Hmm. Well, uh, and then she says, does it look like I have her nose too small? And I was, I was so happy that she said that instead of talking about the finger, because then I was able to say, well, what I know about a nose is it's got to be big enough to fit a finger. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, oh, yeah, yeah. And this one looked like it could fit the finger. So she was happy. She walked away. And she ended up winning, too. I should have probably been like, no, that nose is way too small, honey. You need a great big old honker on that thing. <laughs> she, you know, I met Tattoo Baby years before I was ever on that show. I had met her in Miami working for a guy named Chico, who owns Chico's Marked for Life Tattoo in Miami. And he brought a lot of great tattoo artists into the, the artist into the industry. And uh, I met her. Her name was Kat. And she was having to compete that day, you know, because she was it was it was new for female tattoo artists. It's very easy for tattoo artists now that are females or easier, at least because of the hard work that, uh, you know, a lot of the people before them put in. So uh, there was a time, though, that it wasn't very popular for women to be tattoo artists and people didn't expect it. And uh, th this was one of those. At any rate, sorry, sorry to, to get off topic. I should wrap this up and uh, and let you get back off to whatever. Israel Adesanya is fighting uh, Robert Whitaker here in a few hours. So I'm really excited about that. Are you going to be watching the fights tonight? I'm probably going to watch some hockey games or maybe watch a movie or something. I'll, I'll figure something out. What, what team do you like in the hockey? Montreal Canadiens. Because that's where me and my family are from before we moved to Toronto. All right. You speak French then? No. Okay. Right on. <laughs> Just curious. I, I went up there. It's, it's, uh, they, they look at you a little funny sometimes when you can't speak French. How do you guys feel about your pennies being robbed from you? They're stealing your pennies, Derek. I don't have any feelings about that. <laughs> They're stealing your pennies, Derek. They're taking all your pennies. You're going to have no pennies left. How can you face the future without any pennies? You're going to be penniless. <laughs> You're penniless and destitute. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I was, it was such an intrigue for me to go to Canada and find that, you, that there were no pennies. When, when I got changed back, I felt like, 
hey, hey, what you trying to steal from me, lady? <laughs> you owe me a couple of pennies there. I'm doing the math. I know the way taxes work, but that don't, anyways, I digress. I should let you go. I really appreciate talking to you and uh, look forward to seeing you the next time that these travel restrictions get eased. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity for this podcast. It's It's been awesome. Good. And let's work on the campaign to get you to be a judge or host or coach at the very least. And if not that, then fourth on the list, we'll get you on Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, send me a message or an email because you already know what my email is because you've sent me the link. (laughs) Well, I don't get to do casting, (laughs) but yeah, sure, I will. Well, we'll talk right, well, about uh, it. Thank you. We'll get, thank we'll you get very much, Kyle. It. And um, thank you, Candy, for uh, sending me up. No problem. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. All right. Thank you very much. Bye.